Welcome to the Money Making Women podcast with me, Ray Dodd. I'm a money and business coach who believes that you are absolutely capable of earning life-changing amounts of money. I also believe that doing so is not as straightforward as the internet makes out. If you're looking for a conversation that goes beyond pure manifestation and hustle and into the nuance and intersections of what it means to be a money-making woman, then this is the space for you. Welcome to the first episode of Money Making Women, my new podcast, which is going to be a mixture of solo episodes like this, of me talking to you either via the camera if you're catching the live version on my Facebook page or via your, what would it be, via your ears? Via, via your ears. If you're catching the podcast version, the first of which will be released in a couple of weeks. So what I'm going to be talking about today is I'm going to be talking about what it means to be a money-making woman. And so this is my new podcast, obviously. I actually had one before, which you can still catch at the moment. I think we're gonna leave it up. But this is since I pivoted to work solely within money and business stuff, which was like last summer, I think. And I've named it Money-Making Women, obviously on purpose, because of course I have, but also because that's also the name of my Facebook group. And so I've lived with this name for a little while. And I have some experience of the sort of reaction that the name gets sometimes. Equally, I'm a money coach. So I have, um, I also have experience of not just the reaction that being a money coach brings in other people, but also the reaction it it brought up in me for the first time I thought of it. So the, the whole story is years ago now, like three or four years ago, I was stood in my kitchen and I was thinking about, I'd kind of discovered the whole self-development world and it was even smaller than it is now, but it was still already fairly, it was like starting to really gain traction. And I knew that a lot of coaches had a really dodgy rep. And so I was like, oh, you know, I know some really good ones, but God, I feel like I want to be like helping women do this and I want to do this. And I suddenly was like, oh my God, I think I want to be a coach. And it was actually a really awful realisation. It wasn't fun. It wasn't like, yay, I found a thing I want to do. It was like, oh, no, I want to do that. Oh. And so actually, so like, if you think coaches have a bad reputation, money coaches probably have the worst reputation. (laughs) And so what happened in my business is like, quickly, I started to earn more money And I loved, I did a money course. I realized that people, that it wasn't the way that I had been able to transition out of a lot of fears around money and money was not an easy, um, an easy thing for me at all growing up. And I'm going to talk more about that in a bit. But I realized that making money came easily to me at some point. And I realized that that wasn't the case for so many people. And so because this is what I always do, I started to unpack like, well, what have I, what's switched for me? What's changed? Why is that happening for me? How can I facilitate that in other people? And so I I launched this money course. It went really, really well. I offered that a few times while I was not doing specific money coaching. And then slowly, or not slowly, really, I was like, "Mm, I think I just want to talk about money all the time. That's really what I want to be talking about. But oh my God, it was bad enough becoming a coach. Do I really have to become a money coach now? Like this is not, I I can't do it. (laughs) And so it took me a while to become okay with that because my avoidance of that is really endemic of why so many of us feel so strange around money. 
And I would really think to myself, like, who am I to say? Like, I don't want to promise something. I don't want to promise people that they can make money and then not deliver it. But I also don't want to say, come work with me. I'll help you earn six figures. And you'll notice that I don't say that. I will talk about people working towards certain figures, but I never say, come work with me and we will make sure you'll earn this sort of money. I might say things like, let's get it done. Let's try it. Let's see. All of those sorts of things. But I'm not promising that that will happen. And there is, I, I don't know if I'm going to have time to go into this specifically during this episode, but the making part of money making is a really important part of the title and of my message. Um, and I'll see. If not, I'll talk about that in another episode. So that was my avoidance of being a money coach. But the connotations of being a money-making woman are things like greed, hustle, unacknowledged privilege, I think is one that maybe in the past would have been visible to some people. And now I think it's visible to a lot more of us, um, which is great. Um, I think there's a feeling of uh, togetherness that we presume. There, There is potentially a presumption of a masculinity in those women, that they're ball breakers, that they are um, unapologetic, all things that actually we often don't associate with um, being other kinds of women. So I was very aware of the divisive nature of the title when I chose it, but I wanted to weed out the people who were instantly like, nope, that's not for me. I can't be a money-making woman. But I know that what I will get is the people that are curious. And especially the tagline of the Facebook group. And hopefully you guys will, you know, know this from the podcast as well. The tagline of the Facebook group is take up space, grow your business, um, always bringing your feminism along for the ride, your intersectional feminism along for the ride. I'm not sure if I put intersectional because of word count, but I will try and add it in. <laughs> it's always tricky to, with those things to get the right words in to get the nuance into the tagline not always easy so I wanted to weed out people who were like no making money as a woman is not okay but I thought that it was also gentle enough and clear enough that the people that were curious the people that were like could I be could that happen would want to join and would want to listen to this podcast because what's interesting is that when we are offended by the idea of making women making money, we are saying a lot with our offence. We could literally write a book with what we are saying with our offence. Because after all, money, and anyone who's done a course with me will have heard me say this so many times, money is both an object in that we can hold it, it's a thing, and it's an idea. So money is an idea in that and I'm not an economics expert, this hurts my brain, this side of things, but I do know that all the money that we see in our accounts is not really there. So that's why, and I think this happened with the crash in, what year was the crash, 2007, the credit crunch? It happened with Northern Rock where everyone takes money out of the account, I can't remember what it's called. Everyone goes to remove their money from the banks and actually if we all did that, there isn't enough money for that to happen. So money exists both as an object. There is there is a certain amount of money, but it's also an idea. It's a theory. It's a like it's I was going to say it's a thing, but that part of money, it's not really. It exists in the ether. And that's why when we, you know, people make out like money is so practical and such a like, you know, such a clear black and white thing. And it's not. 
if we all now we're we're today they've announced so this is being recorded on the 12th of august and today um they've announced that the uh the world i don't know if it's the world is in a recession but certainly the uk is in the worst recession since records began and that is it's a very different recession than we've ever had before because it was kind of instigate it wasn't just something that happened via various different um economic things it was obviously something that happened because of a pandemic like because the government shut stuff down it's a very different thing but equally we know that if some bad news comes out about a certain company and we all start to think bad things about that company and that we trust them less those are all feelings and and emotions like we're like oh i'm not sure I'm, i trust that anymore their value goes down in the stock market so the idea that money is this black and white thing is just not true it is a very necessary thing so as much as i say money is an object and an idea i don't want you to think that i'm saying you know so we don't need it like i believe i know there are people that believe that i think that's fascinating but i also know that currently with all its flaws capitalism exists and there is a lot of power within money a lot of power with being able to spend money one thing that i keep coming back to and i just think it shows so much the way in which we can influence spending is both with all the stuff that happened with a black lives matter um uprising and with george floyd lots of people started spending more in black owned businesses and i've seen countless businesses on instagram saying i've recorded the best month or best two months of my business rachel rogers who's a coach is a black woman a black coach in america has had had a million dollar month and that was b- partly because like she a lot of that is because she's worked damn hard and she's built her audience and she's built her reputation but also it was because people were like i can there is power in my spending i get to choose where i spend my money and we actually get to impact the economy in that way these micro economies you know we get to impact the wider economy but we also get to make a difference to the families of those people who are running businesses that were just simply overlooked before for no reason other than the big reason of all these systemic issues so what are we presuming money means when we are offended by the idea of making it what are we saying about the idea of creating wealth creating money earning money through our businesses when we kind of presume that behind that is greed like so for a good example of this is some coaches charge a lot of money and i'm going to be really honest i still find that it hard not to judge that like that is an issue that's been ongoing for me i haven't you know what to be fair i've not put in proper work on that and i really should there's a coach that I know of. She charges a hundred grand for six months of working with her. I don't know her, Noah, but I know I follow her on Instagram. So she charges a hundred grand. Now you might look at that and go, "How dare she? Like, what kind of money is she taking from people?" I hope she's getting the results. You might go all into that kind of judgment on it, but if you look deeper into what she does, she helps women to earn multiple multiple millions. And for those people who are in that space, a hundred grand is not that much. Now to you and me, of course it is, but we're not her target audience. So when we start judging people without the facts, we create much smaller spaces for us to exist in. What are we saying when we are offended by women making money, just generally, or people making money, not just women? 
And what are we saying about ourselves when we opt out of that? When we start to say, it's just not for me. I just can't. It's not right. Now, I want to be very clear. I do not believe that every single person on planet Earth has to want to earn large amounts of money. I was asked in my Facebook group recently if I um, thought it was okay if people had lower goals for money earning. And my answer to that is absolutely. I think it is nuanced in that because of all the societal stuff that trains women to play small, we say we want to earn, you know, let's say 15 to 20 grand. And I'm going to quote a bunny ears small because for someone that's a life changing amount of money. But let's say that's a smaller goal in this six figure obsessed um, online coaching world. So let's say you, you're, that's your aim. That could be absolutely true that that's your aim. It could be, though, that that feels achievable to you, but it doesn't feel good. And those are two different things. So it can feel achievable. And so you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I could earn that. But actually, it's not exciting. It doesn't thrill you. You don't feel that great about it. It just feels like something you could do. For me, one of the joys, the absolute joys of my money making is setting goals where I'm like, could I? I wonder if I could do that. Like, I wonder if I could make that amount of money. So, and I'm, this is this is the problem with me. I instantly go into sharing everything about myself, but I have a goal. <laughs> I have a goal to uh, make 300K this year. Now I am just over a third of the way there. And obviously we do not have two thirds of the year left. And I don't have, I kind of have a plan for it, but it's a really big, hairy, scary goal. It's a really like, oh, could I? Let me see. So I really encourage people with their money making. You might hear that and go, no way. Well, I can't make that. That's okay. I'm not saying you have to have my goal. So the way I got to that number was at the beginning of the year. Last year, I wanted to double my income with less work. And I didn't. I earned 10 grand more than I earned the year before, which I'm still really pleased with, but it wasn't my goal. So the beginning of this year, I was like, hmm, what could I, what would I like to earn? And I got myself into that really realistic place. Oh, well, I could earn like 50 grand more than last year, which, you know, that is nothing to be sniffed at. That's exciting to do that, but it wasn't inspiring me. Now you might be able to add 10 grand on and be totally inspired. You might be able to add two grand on and be totally inspired. But the facts were that for me, that wasn't that wasn't inspiring. And so I um, had this number, I had this 300K in my head, but I was like, but think about last year, Ray, you really didn't do that. Like, don't, don't overstretch, you know, don't want to embarrass yourself, all of those things. See, I worry I won't even make a grand a month. But this is what I want you to know. So it's really about you doing what works for you. I'm giving you examples of four years into a business where I'm a money coach. So I'm not suggesting that you um, compare where you are to where I am because we're different humans with different experiences. But what I do want you to notice is how inspiring is a grand amongst you. If it's inspiring, great. If it's actually um, frightening, then it, that's not a good energy to lead with. Equally, if it is boring and safe, it also might not be a good energy to go with. So I had this number in my head. And then as the year went on and, and I, my income is really up, and I'll do a video at some point on the lessons I've learned from that. My income since January has doubled my monthly income. And this month it's looking to treble and the following month, at least the same, if not more. 
And now that 300K, which I started to acknowledge about two months ago is what I really wanted, even though I had a plan for 200K, but I did, I was a hundred grand off that goal. <laughs> and even as I say these numbers, it still makes me laugh. It still makes me laugh that this is what I'm talking about. What I teach in my courses is to really hold that. Like you don't need to have a full plan. If I don't make that amount of money and I'm putting this out there now publicly, I may not make it. It might not happen. In which case I will come on here and talk about it. I will talk about what it's like to not reach a goal. And that will be totally okay. And I don't think that will mean that I'm no longer any good at what I do. But equally, if I do make it, you'll hear me talk about that. And either way, I'm all right. I'm safe. And I know it's easier when you're talking about those larger numbers to say the safety bit. I have been in a situation where it's like, oh, but what if I don't even make the money I need to survive? And that's a slightly different thing. But even then, the principles I'm talking about still exist in that you want to be inspired you want to be excited. You don't want to be scared. You don't want to be like um, intimidated by it. You want to allow yourself that stretch. So I don't believe every woman has to want to earn large amounts of money. God, I went on a right tangent there. What I do really believe is that sometimes we keep our goals small because they feel safe, which is what I was talking about. But equally, if you've done that work, if you've looked at it and you're like, no, you know what, that just feels really good to me, then I would really, really encourage you to own that. And don't listen to, you know, don't listen to me, but don't listen to the numbers I'm talking about, if that helps. You don't have to be reaching for these multiple six-figure month, uh, years and 10 grand months or more than that. That is not the only way to be a money-making woman by any means. Equally, my message won't be for everybody. For some people, I know, and I know many of you, this is true for, I know that many of you watching, because I can see who some of you are, have had this, this itch and this, this, not, this kind of inner knowing that maybe you could earn more. Maybe that's something you really want. Maybe even that's something you were meant to do. Maybe it just feels like, let me see if I could. Maybe you're able to be detached enough in your worth for it to be that kind of exciting. And for those of us that have that itch, that maybe this is for us, that it is something we can and want to do, I really think that making money is imperative. And the reason I think that it's the same way that if you have an itch in yourself to, to create something, if you have a desire to write a book or create a painting or to do a certain job or role, I think it's important that you follow through on those desires because I don't believe we have those desires by accident. But money is so bundled up in so many things that we start to tell ourselves that it can't be like that with money. It can't be in the same way, I, you know, people talk about having a book in them. We start to believe that it can't be, maybe you just have a money-making person inside you. Maybe that's part of why you were put on the earth. And that's all right. That doesn't make you greedy. That doesn't make you grabby. That doesn't make you anything other than who you are. That's just part of who you are. And I had a real sense of that. Three and a half, four years ago, that was one of the reasons I started my business. I just was like, I feel like maybe I was made to make more money than I'm making. So this is not, if you're finding yourself with this itch, this is not like, 
This is what has always been there. It's just that you didn't know it was allowed out. You didn't have the conditions for it to rise up in you. And living as who we've already always been is crucial because that's how we find balance. If women had not been repressed for centuries, if black people had not been repressed for centuries, if LGBTQ people have been allowed to express themselves as who they are, and if that was just accepted and normal, or accepted as normal, because it is normal, then our world would be far more balanced. We wouldn't have white men all over the place clambering, holding so tightly to the power that they have garnered, created in really unethical ways, whether they acknowledge that, whether they realise that or not. There is so much change needed, so many structures and systems that do not benefit the whole spectrum of humanity. And money making is, and let me be really clear about this, one element of it. I'm not saying that women earning money is all that's needed. It isn't at all. However, it is also not a one-dimensional element to it in that once we have more money, we're able to spend in different ways. We're able to fund different things. We're able to contribute to our communities in a different way. Never mind the fact that more people living as who they were created to be will have a positive impact on society as a whole. Think how many people are out there now who would make the most amazing politicians that just aren't doing it because they don't believe that that's possible for them. People who would change the world. People who are th who would, would be the most amazing doctors, nurses, all sorts of different things, but because they don't believe that's available to them as who they happen, the body they happen to have been born into, the town, the neighbourhood, the culture, whatever it is, these things are not small changes. So if money making feels like one of your elements in all of this, then I really encourage you to go for it. That's one of the things I really believe is part of being a money making woman. So what do I mean by it? by that term, by money-making women. First, we have to look at what stops us. There is a huge story that making money is callous and greedy and that it's the opposite of caring. But during the early days of the pandemic, everyone, and I know that you guys will remember this, came out with free stuff because free is kind, right? And as women, we have been um, indoctrinated with this idea that we have to be the carers in the situation. We have to make sure that we are perceived to be kind. And because money and kindness have been so separated, it can be really tricky to understand that we get to charge money and still be kind. We get to make money. We get to bring that money in. And even the act of doing that can be kind. Because what if that person really needs what you offer? So I'm talking more to service-based businesses here, like initially. But say you offer something that's really transformative in what you do and you offer it for free and that person's like, great. They sign up and it sits in their inbox because they don't value it because it was free. What if they really needed that transformation and it doesn't happen for them because you offered it for free because you thought that was kind? What is more kind? Delivering the thing or being perceived to be kind because you didn't charge money for it? Buying into or feeding into the, these ideas that money is greedy and not not ethical and all of those things rather than changing that up because let me be like I'll be like really really clear of course money can be used in greedy and unkind ways and unethical ways but let's not put the blame on the money 
that's not going to happen. We cannot spare the blame of the people that are wielding that power in ways that are not okay. Don't put the blame on the money. Don't struggle in your financial world because of what other humans are doing because you have tangled up and society, I shouldn't say you, because it's it's absolutely not your fault, but equally it is your responsibility to untangle it. Equally, how long will your business survive on free? Like some people are privileged enough to be able to do that. In my business, that's never been the case because from the very beginning, I was the breadwinner. I was the one bringing in the money. And so I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And I'm gonna do a podcast all about affordability um, I'm not sure in the next few weeks from right off I needed to earn money and equally when we're offering things for free and we do it in the name of kindness what about the people that can't offer it for free what about the single mum who hasn't got that backup and can't offer it for free that you're undercutting when you do that I'm not against free content, just to be very clear. I have a free Facebook group. I've already talked about it. So I'm not saying that that can't happen. But equally, it's a nuanced situation. It's not pure kindness when it's free. Sometimes free is the right choice, but it's not the only way for things to be perceived as kind. It also feeds into that narrative that women have been indoctrinated with and honestly feeding into that we put everyone's needs above our own including the sustainability of our business examples are a really big part of this as well one of the big blocks to women making money is that we just don't get to see people doing it in many different ways in the way that men do there are not many different women earning money so we are a lot of us are forging our own path and dependent on the color of your skin the sort of person you're attracted to, all those different things, you are going to, the way your body looks, you're going to have less examples. So me as a white woman and white able-bodied, cis-gendered, heterosexual woman, there are more examples. There still aren't loads, but there are plenty more. So I could go on and on about the reasons it's harder to make money and it requires deep thought and introspection and often therapy to really untangle this stuff. It's not a slow process. And I know lots of you are in our kind of way into that journey. We're not given examples, for, like, like I've just said, of where a woman sat in plenty is OK. So a woman who has, you know, when you see, think about the perception of rich women on, I always think of MTV Cribs straight away or dynasty or real housewives or what's the new one sun selling sunset you know those are a very certain type of woman that we're seeing we don't just see women living and um sas petherick was telling me i think it's in oh i can't remember the guy's name the guy that wrote company of one paul something paul jarvis he talks a lot about um vertical wealth versus horizontal wealth and so vertical wealth is this idea that it's you get more and more and more and more. It's the more keeping up with the Joneses thing where your like, house gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But things don't have to be like that. But we don't see those examples because they're not flashy. So I've said so many times, I don't plan on having a big house. Even if my business starts to bring in millions, multiple millions, I don't really want a massive house. Now you might, later on, you guys might be like, Rage, remember when you said you didn't want a massive house and I hold my hands up that that might happen. <laughs> but equally, I'm not saying I want a tiny house, but I just want a house that's the, I, I don't love the idea of rooms that we don't use. And I went to a private school where 
we had a tiny house, but lots of people had huge houses. And there were these whole like parts of their houses that they just never went in and I never understood it. So as women, we are taught to shrink. We're not taught to take up a load of space and be like, hey, this is my, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm charging. This is my business. This is how I spend it. We're given these like very limited ideas of what wealthy women can look like, often not like us at all, or nothing, nothing at all. My deep hope is that in all of this is that we see the world through an intersectional feminist lens. So in the same way that we are going to need to put on that lens to figure out what blocks us around money, what stops us, what is, what are those things real or imagined that stand in our way and how can we navigate them? I love what Akala says about, oh, and I'm not gonna remember the exact quote, but he says something like, it's not that once you know the obstacles are there that they go away, it's just that it's easier to navigate them. And I love that. My deep hope is that as we are figuring this stuff out around the way that we, the world sees us and the way that we see the world, the way that we see money, because money can't see us, we can only see it, that we take that intersectional feminist, feminist lens and we don't only use it to go through our self-development that gets us to earning that money, but that it becomes an integral part of how we show up once we're earning that money that that exploration of ourselves and of the world must give way to a new understanding of how we want and need the world to be. You might be in a privileged position where you're like, this is just how I want the world to be. But I guarantee you there's someone not far away from where you're sat right now who needs the world to be look different. To be a money-making woman means that we make countercultural choices. We pay our staff more. We treat people well. We share our success by passing the mic. We acknowledge when that's not my, that's not my role, what you're doing there. One of the women in my Plenty course recently gave up something because she fundamentally believed that it was not her place, that it need to be, needed to be someone from a different cultural background to her. It needed to be someone, a person of color that did this role. Now, if we don't come from a place of plenty with what we're doing, we're gonna be more grabby about that sort of thing. When you are a money-making woman in the way I'm talking about it, we bring that empathy. We bring the way that we understand the world didn't honour what we wanted. And we notice where it doesn't do that for many other people in deeper and greater ways than it's shown up for us, potentially. Too often I see people ride to the top of what they're doing on feminism, on this idea of abundance, particularly, only to swap it for a patriarchal model as soon as they're there. Only to stop things like, and I'm going to be bold about this, I don't love the idea of paying people on things like Fiverr. I've never done it and I never will do it. I want to pay people properly. I don't want to perpetuate this really, uh, what is the word, cheap market for stuff that is not sustainable for people. So being a money-making woman means bringing your whole self, your communities and your experiences into your money-making. It's not an either or, it's not a despite who I am, it's because of who you are. It's all of you. We are no longer separating caring from money-making. We're combining them all while we put ourselves first. And I feel like that's probably another podcast episode in itself because I haven't even touched on the way that 
I'm aware that as I start to say, I want you to combine caring and money making, it can straight away go into this thing of like wanting to care for people again. And I want you to care for people. I want you to reach out to people with empathy and understanding, but not in a way that puts you and your livelihood at risk. So that is episode one. Thanks for hanging out with me. If anyone's got any questions, let me know. If you're not following my page, make sure you follow the page to get any um, notifications that I'm coming on live. And if you're not already in my group, Money Making Women, also I'd love it if you join me in there too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Making Women. Please do go and leave us a review. They have a huge impact on getting podcasts like mine heard. I also wanted to let you know where you can find me. So if you want to find more of what I do, you can find me in my Facebook group, Money Making Women, or you can find me on Instagram. I'm Ray underscore Dodd. I really want to say a special thank you to Emily Crosby, who edits these for me, and I will see you for our next episode.